do is we're going to read Psalm 121. We're going to pray and then jump into this message. So uh, let's read Psalm 121 together. Psalmist writes, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways in which you speak to us, how you lead us, how you guide us through your specific revelation, Lord, through your Bible, Lord. And we ask that you would take this psalm and, Lord, you would write it on our hearts. Lord, you would surprise and delight us with your word here this morning, that you would uh, give us more wisdom, that you would give us greater confidence to trust in you, that you would build up our faith. Lord, as we live out our lives seeking to pick up a cross, follow Jesus in this world, Lord, we need a lot of help. And your word here, this psalm, Lord, it teaches us about where our help comes from. And so, Lord, would you help us be uh, your people who continually rely on and trust in you for all that we need for the things that we experience in this life and the things that you call us to do. And so, Lord, please bless us. Give us ears to hear this morning and hearts to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, William Romaine, the 18th century preacher and friend of the great preacher and co-founder of Methodism, George Whitfield, is said to have read this psalm every single day. Now, when I read something like that, I learned that in my study as I was studying this psalm, so it's not something I just knew. But when I come across things like this, and when guys like that say they read this every day, and there's other guys who would read through Psalm 119, and they'd memorize it. So, so different guys do different things, but William Romaine loved this psalm, and he was committed to reading it every day. And when I think about this, it, it makes me stop and just ask a question, why? Why, why would he read this psalm every single day? There's a lot of great chapters and truths in the Bible that he could choose from, that we could choose from. So why this one? And the answer, as I think about it, is really kind of simple. I, th- I, think, I think we need to be reminded of truths like the truths we find here in Psalm 121 every single day. And what I mean by that is every day we wake up to a world full of just so many unknowns. We make all of these plans, but the reality is these plans can be upended at any point in time. We wake up to potential problems, struggles, and distractions that seek to steal away our affections for the Lord that can cause us to be anxious, fearful, and even challenge our faith. Every day we're faced with financial difficulties, relationship problems, marriage issues, parenting concerns, job-related issues, sin 
from within and sin from without. These are just things that are realities for the world in which we live in. Sometimes they show up early, sometimes they show up midday, sometimes they might not show up that day, but they might show up the next day. The reality is we live in a world that's not perfect. A lot of unknowns. And then as I think about this, and I think about what this psalm communicates, the reality is we live in a world where we just need help all the time. We need help all the time. Whether you know it or not, the reality is you need help every single day. And I'd say, if you don't know you need help, you're probably young. And I don't mean that to be disrespectful in any ways. I was young as well, and I remember this guy's always talking about this young man's disease. And it's sort of this, this disease in the sense of where you're just sort of confident. You feel like at times you can do whatever it is you want to do, whenever it is you want to do it, and, and you don't really need your parents' help. And so you make decisions and you do things and you sort of learn from them whether they're good or bad. And so that's at least how I grew up thinking about my life. And I was aware of this young man's disease. But as the older I've gotten, the more I'm aware how much help I need for absolutely everything. Just even on my ride from work, from my office to here, if you were to listen to me, and this wasn't because I'm preaching Psalm 121, it's because it's just the way the Lord has position me at this point in my life is I'm just constantly asking for help. So it's one long prayer where I'm thanking the Lord and just asking the Lord to give me help and then to give asking the Lord to help people who are serving in our church and people who are walking through things in our church. It's just, Lord, help me do this. Help me preach this message. Help me speak your words to your people. Help your people actually listen to your word. Lord, help us sing to you. Help us encourage one another. Help us to set this place up. Lord, would you help us just so that everything runs smoothly? It's just one constant ask for the Lord to help us. And it's just the world in which we live in. We need a lot of help. It's a reality. And we know this. We need help in big things and we need help in just the smallest things. Because our lives are absolutely dependent upon the Lord for everything. And what we're going to learn from This psalm this morning is this truth. We have nothing to fear because our help comes from the Lord. We have nothing to fear because our help comes from the Lord. The Lord is always helping his people. And we're going to explore this truth by looking at three points from this psalm this morning. In our first point, we learn this truth. Our help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. And so there's a psalmist who begins this psalm by by asking this question. And so just so you need to know, Psalm 121 sort of fits into this category of psalms of ascents. And so these were sort of psalms that were read and sung by families that were either on their way up to Jerusalem to celebrate some feast that the Lord has appointed for them to celebrate, or they were leaving Jerusalem on their way back home. And so if you could imagine... All of God's people, three times a year, would make this journey to Jerusalem and they'd make their way home again. And they had these song of ascents or psalm of ascents and and they were helping them to sort of reorient the way in which they thought as they made this journey to Jerusalem or back to their homes. And so there, there was lots of things that could take place on this journey as they left their 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 homes, and they, they, they made this trek. There, there was real threats of danger 
as they made their way up to Jerusalem. There were at times dangerous people hiding in the hills because they knew they were on these journeys looking to rob and take advantage of them. And so at the beginning of this psalm, the psalmist asks this question. He says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? And these hills sort of represented danger. So they lift up and, and is aware that there's possible danger in these hills. And there's this question that comes from it. Where does my help come from? It's an honest question. Think of any dad who's taking his family on a long journey. There's, there's always a prayer, at least that's how my mind works, for protection. And then I think about, like, especially on long journeys, that there's this point where I feel, feel pretty safe because I'm close to home. And then there's this point where there's several hours where it's sort of in between. I think if we break down what in the world is going to happen here, how am I going to get my car back to where it's got to get fixed? It's just how my mind works. And then as we start to get closer to where we're getting, I feel a little bit more comfortable. So there's this fear that can, can come our way at times, and we just wonder where, where does our help come from? And the psalmist sort of feels this as he's sort of anxious about his safety and the safety of his family. And there's an answer to this question. In verse 2 he says, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so all of these potentials we face every day have this sort of way of working into our hearts, this, this feeling of fear and anxiety. I'm going to assume that, that you guys kind of know what that feels like at times to be, to be anxious. Sometimes we can be anxious about just real things. Real things of, of how are we going to pay for this today? What are we going to do if the economy doesn't change? What do we need to cut from our budget just to put gas in the car? Or how are our kids going to turn out? How are they going to handle high school? How are they going to handle college? How are they going to handle jumping into the real world and having to get a real job and show up to work every day? There's just sort of lots of lots of things that we face that can that can put this fear and anxiety into our hearts. And, and if you haven't noticed, a lot of times what fear does is it has this way of sort of paralyzing us. You ever notice that? Sometimes when we become anxious, sometimes when we allow fear to sort of grip our hearts, it has this way of sort of just keeping us on the couch at times. Or keeping us in our bed. Or, or not actually taking a risk that the Lord has called us to do. And so we can end up playing it safe. And so it's in these moments where, where we need help. We need help from the Lord. And so he says, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. See, our help comes from the one who created all of this. The one who created you in his image after his likeness gives us help. It comes from God. May we never forget who's ultimately in charge of this world. Derek Thomas, in his commentary, wrote the following. He said, The threats which arise on the journey to Jerusalem arise within a world the Lord has made and which He sustains. In this world, not in some imaginary, idealistic world, God reigns supreme and triumphant. 
There's nothing in the world that threatens his rule. I want to read that again. I'm going to read it a little bit slower because these, these are just important truths. As we think about fear and we think about being anxious and we think about the dangers that we experience and we think about having to walk through hard things, we need to understand that all of these things do not exist outside of God's reign and rule. They don't exist outside of his power. They all exist in his world, the one in which he's reigning and ruling over. So he ran, he, again, he says the following, he says, The threats which arise on the journey to Jerusalem arise within a world the Lord has made, in which he sustains. In this world, not in some imaginary idealistic world, God reigns supreme and triumphant. There's nothing in the world that threatens his rule. Do you hear that? And to me, this is one of those things that you like the fear and the anxiousness is it's just gonna come. But these are the truths that the Lord wants us to speak to our own hearts and to one another just to be reminded of and to be encouraged with. There's nothing in this world in which we live that threatens his rule. There's nothing in all of creation that you will ever experience that will have more power than the God who created you and created this world. And to me, when I think about this, as we wrestle with hard things and we wrestle with anxiety at times and we wrestle with being fearful, we we need to be rooted and grounded in this truth that our God really is God. And we need to encourage one another with these truths that he is the creator of heaven and earth. And that's where our help comes from. So in those moments when we want to look to all these other things, and some of those other things are gifts from God that he, that he uses to help us, but ultimately the thing we trust in, the one we trust in, is the one who created all of this. And there's great hope in that. There's great hope in that. Because he's at work in all of creation, sustaining it and ruling over it. Those robbers that they might have been afraid of, they they were actually created by God. The hills that they were hiding in were hills that were actually created by God. The path that the psalmists were traveling on as they were either going to Jerusalem or back, that was a path that was created by God. There was nowhere that the psalmist could go where he could find himself outside of the Lord's redemptive reign and rule. And I'd say the same is true for us. There's nowhere that your feet can travel where all of a sudden you've crossed that line and now all of a sudden you find yourself outside of God's redemptive reign and rule. As if he's only in charge over here, but then when you step out over here, you're on your own. See, this psalm is teaching us that our God is the creator of all things and he's at work in all things. Romans 8 verse 28, it teaches us that he's actually at work in all things for the good of those that love him. So it means he doesn't waste anything. And so he walks us through things and we're going to learn in this next point that that he walks us through it in such a way that he's always on, or in this case, he's always awake, he's always alert, he's always paying attention. He's never asleep. Point number two, our help comes from the Lord who does not sleep. 
These are just real simple truths, aren't they? Our help comes from the Lord, who is the creator of heaven and earth. So it just reveals his power. And now we see our help comes from the Lord, who just doesn't sleep. He doesn't sleep. Verse 3 says, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. I love this. Because what it says is he's always awake and he's always watching over his people. Always. The word biblical commentary translates it like this. There's a reason I like it and you'll probably pick up on it. But it says this. He will not let your foot give way. He will not doze off. That guardian of yours. That's kind of how my my mind works. He just doesn't doze off. I know a lot of you doze off. Sometimes I see you on Sunday morning. I'm not going to name you. But there's one of them that's been doing it for about 20 years. You awake? Okay, good. Just kidding, just kidding. Anyways, what we need to understand is our God doesn't doze off. He doesn't. He doesn't doesn't go home after church and sort of lay on the couch and and take his little nap and, and then kind of get back into the game. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't. He's not like us in that. He's perfect in all of his ways. He doesn't ever need to close his eyes. He knows all things and he's at work in all things and he's paying attention to absolutely everything. Absolutely everything. There's, there's this amazing story in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18. You can turn there because I'm going to read a little bit of it. And so what's going on here is there's sort of this, uh, I don't know what's the best way to say it. There's this, uh, not a contest, but Elijah's sort of taking on 450 prophets of Baal. And they're, they're kind of saying, our God is the best God. And then Elijah's over here sort of by himself on top of this mountain. And he puts forth this challenge to them. And he just says, okay, here's what we're going to do. Is we're going to take these these two bulls. You take your bull. And remember, there's 450 of these false prophets of Baal. And there's just Elijah over here. And they sort of set up these altars. And and these false prophets go first. And and what they're doing is they're taking these bulls. And they're sacrificing them. And they're going to set them on an altar. And they're, they're just going to call upon their God to kind of see who's real. So Elijah's putting this out there because he's very confident that his God is real. And so they agree to this. And they're on the top of this mountain. And these, these 450 false prophets go first. And, and they got to call out to their God. And so I'm going to just read a little bit of it for you. And so he, here's what takes place. Starting 18 verse 20. Uh, actually, we're going to go to 26, I think. So here's what they did. They took the bull that was given them and they prepared it, called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing or he is relieving himself or he's on a journey or perhaps he is asleep and must be awakened. So he's mocking them. So if you can imagine, it's a big deal. They're trying to call out fire and eventually they're, they're spending all day on this and they start cutting themselves and they start dancing around this and guess what happens? 
nothing. So what Elijah does, because he knows his God doesn't sleep, and he knows his God is the creator of all things, who's reigning and ruling over all things, and is triumphant over all things, he takes that bowl, and he puts it on the altar, and he doesn't stop there. He takes a bunch of water, and he digs his trench around this altar, and he dumps the water all over it. And then he calls out to his God, and you know what happened? God showed up. Licked up all that water, consumed it with fire. There's only one real God, and it's the God we worship. And He's always awake. And He's always at work. And He's powerful. He does not ever doze off. I know sometimes it feels like He's dozing off. Sometimes we walk through hard things, but we've, we've been learning this as we've been kind of taking a look at, at suffering and understanding that, that, that God uses hard things in our life to produce great things, to help us grow in our faith. He doesn't promise us a life without hard things this side of heaven. And so He uses hard things here this side of heaven, to prepare us to experience the joys of spending eternal life together in heaven with Christ. So what we need to understand is that our God is powerful. And He doesn't sleep and He will not let our foot be moved. But He's always watching over us. We have nothing to fear because our help comes from the Lord. In our final point, we learn our help comes from the Lord, our Keeper. So the psalmist refers to the Lord as our keeper or keeping us six times in this psalm. If you go back through it, you'll just, you'll just see it. He keeps you. He's keeping you. And so let me just read verses 5 through 8 and you'll see it. It says, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and you're coming in from this time forth and forevermore. And so what God wants us to know from this psalm is, is that our God is a keeper. He's a keeper. This is an important truth for us to understand as, as we take steps of faith. And so what this, this word keeper means is that is he's guarding us. So when you think about him being a keeper, Think about him being a guardian who's always watching over us and protecting us and leading us. So when you see the word keep here, think guard or guardian. So let me read that again. I'm going to put guard in there just so you kind of get the feel for it. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will guard you from all evil. He will guard your life. The Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. See, the Lord will keep us safe all the time because He's always guarding us. Again, it doesn't mean we won't experience pain. It doesn't mean we won't experience suffering because that's what God's called us to enjoy when we get to heaven. But it does mean as we take steps and we, and we walk through difficult things in life, we have a good God who's guarding us hasn't left us. 
not just sort of sitting back and watching all of this unfold as if it's some form of entertainment for him. Saying, I don't know I would make that decision. That's not how our God works. Our, Our God has given us a psalm like this to sort of build up our faith. As we think about the life that he's called us to, there's just these rich truths. Our our help comes from the one who created all things. Our help comes from the one who, who keeps us, who guards us and never sleeps, doesn't doze off in, in any way, but he provides this shelter for us that protects us from the sun in the day and the moon at the night. And he's just sort of helping us understand that, again, he doesn't sleep and he's always at work in our life, guarding us from the potential dangers out there that that threaten us, that can cause us to become fearful and anxious about as we think about the possibility of having to walk through something alone. When he's saying, no, you don't walk through it alone. You have a guardian who's the shade by day and night. I love this truth. He's present. Now my kids have, have grown up a bit. They're not little anymore running around. But I remember when my kids were younger, especially when my little daughter, or Mia, was younger, one of the things that she really wrestled with when she was younger was fear. And so at night, especially, she would get fearful and she'd find her way into our room. And, and then this fear would grow exponentially whenever it thundered. Enlightening. I know it's probably pretty common, but having to walk through that with her, what, what I noticed with her growing up is that when that would happen, she'd run to Sarah and I. And the closer she was to us in these moments, the more calm she felt. And I share that with you because in a sense, this is what Psalm 121 is, is meant to produce in us, is we have a good God, a good heavenly Father who created all things, who's always awake who's always seeking to guard us, who invites us to draw near to him and to be aware that he's always near to us. So that we may not fear the things we walk through in life. Or that when we do, we would cast those upon the Lord. The psalm teaches us the Lord is not far away from us. As we journey through this world seeking to honor and glorify God in all things. Verse 7, the psalmist writes this, The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The psalm begins with the Lord promising to keep our feet secure as we take each step. And it ends with a promise to keep our entire life. From the smallest of difficulties we face to the largest difficulties we will face, nothing will ultimately overcome us and destroy us. The Apostle Paul wrote it like this. This is a familiar verse, but I'm going to read it because I just think it encourages us and it helps us think about walking through difficult things. Romans 8 verse 31, he says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who 
shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Now listen to this. He says, no. In all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, nothing in this world will ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus who is our Lord. There's lots of things that will threaten to do that, that will sort of work their way into our minds, that will challenge us, that could cause us to be fearful and create this anxiety in us. But, but we have these truths and these reminders that nothing can separate us from the love of God that we have through faith in Jesus Christ. And so this is meant to encourage us. This is meant to help us understand that there really is nothing for us to fear. So when fears come, and they do, we're reminded of these truths. We have a good God who created all things, and He's here to help. We have a good God who never dozes off, who's always watching, and He's always present to help. And we have a good God who is guarding us. So I want to close with just one little bit of application, because this is something I thought about last week. When we walk through hard things sometimes, when life gets difficult, I was kind of alluding to this earlier, but like there's, a, there's this temptation to shut down. You know what I'm talking about? There's a temptation to call into work because you're sick. By that I just mean life's hard. And I'm not saying life doesn't get hard, so don't hear me say any of that. I just think there's an element from this text and understanding over the last couple weeks when the Lord calls us to walk through hard things and to understand that that hard things are actually sometimes used by God, actually every time used by God to build up our faith and to grow us, that that when there's this temptation to, to stop, this temptation to stay on the couch, this temptation to stay into bed, that we have scriptures like Psalm 121 that are meant to build our faith that that help us just sort of do the next thing. And I share this because I, I see this in scripture and I want to encourage us, but I also see it as I've had the opportunity to walk with people as they've walked through hard things at times. And, and one of the things that they've shared with me and I've watched them do, and just from personal experience, is that when life gets hard and we need help and all we want to do is stay in bed at times, the Lord wants us at times, I would say, encourages us, just take the next step. I had one friend who was walking through a dark season and that that next step, and I don't pretend to know what that is for you as you walk through hard things, but for him, as he was walking through this time of darkness and, and depression, uh, for him it was just sweeping the kitchen floor. Because it took everything that he had just to get out of bed. And what he learned in those moments of, of hard things and fearful times and, and being anxious is, is if he stayed still, sometimes that fear only grew. As he laid in bed and just thought, 
more worrisome thoughts started to come. So I want to encourage us in this text and what we've been learning is sometimes what we need to do and what trusting in the Lord looks like, sometimes it looks like just going to community group. Sometimes it looks like just doing the dishes. And what I mean by that is it's just doing the next thing the Lord calls us to do. Sometimes it looks like you just show up and do work, go to work. And again, I don't want to pretend to like this is the, the one thing that sort of fits your life and is going to fix all of your life. I'm not. I just think this is one application to the, to the things that God calls us to do when we experience fear and anxiety. The temptation is to shut life down, but the Lord calls for us to trust Him. To trust that He's going to help us. He's going to help us sweep the floor. He's going to help us show up on Sunday when we don't want to. We just want to stay in bed, but, but for some reason, he's called for us to not neglect to meet with one another. And so the next thing for us to do in the midst of hard times, sometimes, and I would say most of the time, is just showing up and letting the saints care for you. Sometimes it looks like just writing that paper, doing your homework. You may not feel like doing it, but trusting the Lord and receiving help from the Lord, it just looks like real practical things sometimes. But they kind of call it fighting the good fight of faith. It's a fight sometimes to get out of bed. It's a fight to go out and mow the lawn. It's a fight just to sort of do whatever it is the Lord has called you to do. And so again, I don't know what that is for you, but I pray that you find it helpful. Because the Lord will help His people. It's a promise. Always helps us. And so may we trust in the Lord who created heaven and earth, who doesn't doze off, and is always guarding us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Psalm 121. And Lord, we thank you for the things in which you call for us to do. And Lord, we ask that you would give us greater faith to pick up our cross, deny ourselves, and follow you. Lord, it's hard. I don't want to pretend like It's not, Lord. We all get fearful. We all have anxious thoughts at times. And sometimes, Lord, these things come and we have no idea why. Sort of just sort of take over our minds. But Lord, we want to trust you. And so, Lord, may we trust you together. May we encourage one another with truths like this found right here in Psalm 121. And Lord, may you help us take steps of faith. Not just to walk through hard times, but, but Lord, to take godly risks at times. To do things for you and for your glory. To deny ourselves, Lord, and to step out in faith and, and trust that you help us each step we take. And so, Lord, would you bless this church and would you bless these folks as we leave here today. With great confidence in you. And may you fill us with your spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. May the Lord bless you. May he pour out his mercy and grace upon you. Have a great Sunday.